Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Cool, give me about 20 minutes. 15, 10. Cool, let me go old school. Genesis 28. Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a certain place. Someone say certain place. Oh, you got seated too quickly on me. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up. You got, whoa. I'm, I'm stirring something up today. Come on, come on. Come, I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm trying to align what God is doing with what you want to see happen in your own life because he's already ready for it. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure you get to this, this certain place. When Jacob got to that certain place, I want to tell somebody God is going to bless you anywhere, any place, anytime, anyone. This is the God that we serve. But when Jacob arrived at a certain place to set up camp, he stopped there for the night and he found a stone to rest his head against and he lay down to sleep. Now, as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway, your King James boy like me, a ladder that reached from the earth, notice the order, up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God, notice the order, ascending and descending. And at the top of the stairway, notice where God stands above it all, stood the Lord Almighty. I just want to remind somebody, God is still above it all. He's above the pain. He's above the confusion. He's above the struggle. He's above the worry. He's above what's happening at work. He's above what's happening in our country. He's above what's happening around you. God is above it all. Notice where he remains. Above it all. At the top of that letter. And he said this, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac, and the ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What more? I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you. Here it is. Somebody got to take the promise for yourself. You've got you've to take these promises for yourself. I love how God finishes this. I won't finish until I've given you everything I've promised you. Somebody receive this right now in faith. It ain't done until God finishes everything. He's promised you. There's no quit with God until he's kept his word completely. And Jacob awoke from his dream and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and he said, what an awesome place this is. 
It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up early and he took the stone that he had rested his head against and he set it up against upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it and he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. He named the place Bethel. Can I ask you right now, if you're in a hard place, can you look at that that situation, that circumstance, that problem, that family member? Can you look at that thing and give it a name? Because I don't see what's happening, but I know if I could see into the spirit realm, God is working in that hard place, in that circumstance, in that situation, in that problem. He's at work. So you know what? It may be a hard place, but I'm going to give it a name. Call it Bethel, the house of God. Father, I thank you right now that an understanding is permeating our thoughts, our minds. This word is going to begin to literally open up our understanding to the how, the where, the when you are at work. And that today the promises of God, all of them are yes. And because of Christ Jesus, a resounding amen today. It is being done. All of God's promises, all of God's promises through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you believe that, can you shout yes and amen today? Yes and amen. 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 Just before you're seated, love on two or three people quick. Just love on two or three people. Let them know you may be in a hard place, but call it Bethel. Call it Bethel. Call it Bethel. Call it the house of God. Call it the house of God. Woo! My God. David, can I get some more of this up here, sir? Thank you. All right, I won't try to, I won't tone it down too much. So just stay with me for a few moments. What we see in this text here, what we see in this text is the, one of the most, well, honestly, biblically, one of the worst people ever. If you know anything about Jacob, you know what he did to obtain the birthright and the blessing. He was deceptive. He was manipulative. He took matters into his own hands and he stole from his brother the birthright and then dressed up like his brother to completely mislead his elderly, aging, almost blind father as to who he really was. Deception was a part of, 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 of Jacob's continuous progression. The brother was slick. Let's call it was. He was slick. Are you sitting around any slick people today? Don't, don't look, please. Don't look. But those kind of people that just, they know how to manipulate situations and that and what they believe is their, their, for their good, for their favor. Jacob was slipped. But here's what happened. In all of this, no matter how he obtained the birthright and the blessing, he is now on the run for his life. So a man who's, who's done possibly some of the worst things he could to his family is now in one of the worst possible places ever because what's happening here is he's on the run for his life because his brother's like, once my dad dies, so is Jacob. I'm coming for that fool. And what he's done to me, what he's done to our family. Now, in all of this, Jacob is on the run, fleeing for his very life. And he finds himself in a place that is unfamiliar to him. A certain place. 
uncommon to him. And he finds himself now, at, as the sun is setting, in a dark place. Now he's far from home. He's all alone. The sun is setting. It's dark. And he's tired. Anybody ever been tired? I don't mean because you were binge-watching Netflix all night last night. I mean, you have slept, and it's still, even when you rise, you are still worn, weary, discouraged. You're just tired. Just, just tired, Pastor. Just, just, just tired. Can I be honest for just a moment? Because a lot of Christians don't want to be. Sometimes I get tired. Can I be even more honest? Sometimes I get tired of some of you. I see you coming around the corner. Woo, and I'm just being real honest. Pastor Oga could attest to this. Back in the day, I would talk to anybody for hours. She could be pregnant with all four of our kids, but I was going to leave her waiting for me because I had, because I'm a pastor. I love people. I love to talk to people. But over time, when you've had so many conversations about the same thing with the same person and they ain't moving forward, I get tired of repeating myself. So some of you haven't seen me in a little while, just know I've seen you coming. <laughs> Pastor Oka, somebody needs prayer. <laughs> Jacob's tired. He's tired. He's weary. With all the deceit, all the manipulation, all the lies, family members coming after him, family members helping him with this deception. He's tired. He's tired of people. He's on the run. And it's at this place where he's all alone. And he's confused, possibly humiliated for what he's done. And he lays down. And the heavens begin to open up over his life. And here's why. Here's why. You've got to understand that Jacob is a son of the covenant. And anytime you have a covenant with the almighty God, there is the possibility of the open heavens. I'll say it again. Anytime you have a covenant with the living God, this is not based on who Jacob was. He was a bad dude. He did some wrong things. This was not on his personal merit. This was based on the covenant that God made with his grandfather, Abraham. So Jacob gets to receive something that wasn't even supposed to be his, but because of the covenant his grandfather made with God, Jacob gets to receive what was a covenant with somebody else. Can I find a New Testament believer just for a moment that can sit here and say, thank you, Lord. The covenant I have with you is not based on my merit, but the based on someone else that went the whole way, that made a covenant with his flesh, his blood, and because of Jesus, I am saved by grace through faith and this not of myself. Jacob is a son of the covenant and therefore has a right to the open heavens over his life. You and I, as sons and daughters of the covenant, whoo, have a right to the open heavens over our lives. Now notice, this is Jacob's first, I'll call it sensational experience with God. First time God that we see recorded, first time God actually speaks to Jacob. Now growing up in church, the reason I get all excited and, and kind of lose my, myself for just a moment is A, because God is good. And if I be besides myself, it's under God, so I don't really care what you think of me. 
And secondly, I was raised in a climate where when you begin to feel God, you got to respond to what you feel. The pastor gets to hooping, you get to shouting. Sister Nancy catches the Holy Ghost and starts running, you just get excited with her. It's just, it's just what we do. Now the Bible tells me where two or three are gathered in his name, I know he's already there. His presence is already there in the midst. We also know that when Miss Carla starts singing, the Spirit of God starts showing up. Come on, somebody. But what happens when you get to a place where you don't feel anything? God must not be in this service today because I don't feel. I don't feel like shouting. I don't feel like dancing. I don't feel like getting behind and my faith with the word. I don't feel anything. What happens in those moments? And where is God when I feel nothing? Nothing at all. You know what I had to learn through the years? I cannot gauge God's presence based just solely on the chills I get up my spine and the goosebumps that form on, on my arms and the back of my neck. I cannot gauge God purely on the excitement of the service. I have had to learn time and time and time again that sometimes God shows up in the hard times. Sometimes you have to go through all hell. Sometimes people have got to abandon you. Sometimes people have got to literally speak out against you, call you out of your name. Sometimes you've got to be stabbed in the back, broken, discouraged, defeated, uncertain about the future. And in these moments when I don't know where to go i don't know where to turn there's nobody else around it's dark i'm lonely lord i'm tired i'm weary i don't feel you those are the moments when i see god begin to show up in the most real and powerful and eternal kind of ways it's not just about the feeling see this is the kind of god i want to preach about this is the kind of God I always want to talk about. Not the God of the crusade from 500 years ago. Not the God of the revival that happened in the 40s and the 50s. Not, not, not the God of only the good times. I want to know about the God who's there in the worst of times. I want, I want the kind of God that shows up and I've done nothing to earn it. And I've done, I've done everything else to actually push him. Oh, I want the kind of God that when he looks on my life, he knows it's a mess. He knows my mind's a mess. He knows where I've been going, what I've been doing, what I've been speaking, what I've been thinking. But still, he's got a plan for my life. He's got a destiny for my life. And he shows up anyway. I didn't earn this. I didn't deserve it. And there he is. I want the kind of God who lets me know I will never leave you. Oh, you acting stupid right now, but I will never leave you. Oh, you're making life all about you right now, but I will never forsake you. I need the kind of God that doesn't just show up in my good times when I feel it, but when I feel nothing at all. There he is. The very present help in my time of trouble. I need, I need the kind of God that shows up in a place that I can't take any credit for. I didn't fast enough. I didn't pray enough. I didn't shout enough. I didn't dance enough. I didn't sweat enough. I didn't give enough. I didn't serve enough. In fact, I might be living in sin. But there he is. 
Have you ever experienced the God I'm talking about? No matter how holy you were, ooh, or how far you fell. You couldn't change who he is. He still showed up anyway. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Can we go back to verse 13 real quick? God is standing above it all. He's always going to be above it all. Above every scheme, above every dream, above every plan, above the plotting of the enemy, God is going to remain above it all. And he says this. He tells him, he said, I am going to, I am the God of your grandfather. I'm the God of, of your father. In other words, it didn't start with you and it ain't going to end with you. My grandmother can bear witness to this. Grandma, it didn't start with you and grandpa. And it didn't end with you and grandpa. Because here's the continuation. See, Jacob is catching this revelation, if you will, that God is a generational kind of God. That means when God puts something in motion, it's got to outlast you in your lifetime. Otherwise, it ain't really God. It's got to be bigger than you. It's got to be grander than you. You've got to believe that your mind cannot literally fathom how great God's promises are for your descendants. How big they are. His, his plan and promises are bigger than my geology. They're bigger than my geography. They're bigger than my history. They're bigger than my legacy. He's a generational God. That's why he identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because when I started, I will see it all the way through. And this revelation begins to happen for Jacob in this moment. Bro, you ain't alone. And this ain't all about you. Look at that person that gets on your nerves sometimes next to you. I'm just kidding. I was going to make you say, tell them it's not all about you, but then, they, but then they're going to make it all about themselves, and then I just lost you for a little bit. Here it is. This God who is generational, and he says this. He says, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Can I ask somebody today, who does God want to bless through I just need help just for a moment. Instead of always begging and pleading, God, where's my blessing? God, when are you going to hook me up? When are you going to take care of me? Who understands it's bigger than you anyway? Who does God want to bless through you? Well, if I don't get any money, I can't be a blessing to anybody. So who does God want to bless? Because if you can see further down the road, oh, my God. Jacob will become a more faithful steward over what he has because he, now he catches a vision of the promise of God. This is what it's going to look like. You too, who want to be blessed, cannot only look in the moment. God has given you a vision of what it looks like down the road so you can understand. You've got to be a faithful steward of what he's given you because this blessing isn't just for you. It's meant to come through you to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. My God. The Welton name is going to be a blessing to all families throughout the earth. The Becker name is going to be a blessing to all families throughout the Somebody take your last name and put it on top of what I'm saying right now. My family is going to be a blessing to all the families throughout the earth. So Jacob lays his head on the rock. As he lays his head on the rock there in verse 12, the Bible tells us that the heavens begin to open up to him. In his dream, he begins to see into the realm. Here's what I want you to know. 
in the scriptures, whenever you see a rock, you just need to take a moment and just say, is this just a rock? Or is this the rock? He, he literally puts his mind on the rock. Let me explain to you what exactly I mean. Acts chapter 4. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has become the chief corner stone. So you've got to know that whenever you see a rock and the heavens open up, that ain't just any rock. That is the rock of ages himself. And when you learn to stop putting your mind on your problems and putting your mind on your situations and putting your mind on what the enemy has done against you and how people have hurt you and wronged you, when you get your mind off the temporal things and you put your mind on the rock, the Bible tells us he will keep them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed upon him. Put your mind on the rock. Jacob drags his weary, tired head, and he lays it on the rock. If you would do the same thing today, I believe the heavens are going to open up over your life. Put your mind on the rock. And the heavens begin to open up. Can I just encourage somebody today? It's not time to give up. It's, something's about to open up. It's not time to give up. Can, can I speak over your life right now? It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to say, I've tried it and things haven't worked out. I, 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 guess, I guess it's not really meant to be. It's not, listen to me, in my life what I have learned, if anything, is when my back is pressed up against the wall the most, that's when I've got to praise him all the more. When things look the darkest and the loneliest and the emptiest, this is when I've got to find something within myself that is still willing to praise him no matter what I see no matter what I feel no matter what is coming against me I recognize in those moments it may be the hardest but this is the place where I can give God the highest kind of praise it can be hard but I've got something in me that is ascending higher my praise to God and in these moments when we think God is done God, it's, it's done it's done it's it's time to quit. God begins to show us, no, don't give up. Something's opened up. Something has opened up to the people who have been so discouraged as of late, so worn and weary and tired. Can I tell you right now, you are on the precipice of seeing what God has already been doing. If you will put your mind on the rock, you will see the heavens have already been opened. And every one of your prayers were already ascending before God anyway. And God says, this is the kind of God I serve. He makes sure this isn't a one-time experience for me. He puts a cycle in motion. And as my prayers and thanksgiving and praise are going up to God, he makes sure to keep sending messengers back down to remind me of his promises. And in those moments, as God creates a cycle in my life, this isn't just for today. You've got to believe that what you give today as you walk out of here is going to be cyclical in your life and as long as God keeps bringing down the blessings I might as well keep sending up the praises as long as he keeps bringing down the joy 
I might as well keep sending back my thanks. As long as he keeps pouring out his spirit, I might as well keep offering up my life a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. It's in these moments, these kind of moments, I can't give up because something's opening up. Tell your neighbor it's about to open up. Tell somebody else it's about to open up. I, come on, I want you to shake somebody. They tell them it's about to, about to open up. Because the main thing that's going to happen, there you, there you go. Here's what's happening more than anything. It's time for you to wake it up. Wake up and recognize he was there the whole time. Wake up and stop complaining. Wake up and stop bickering. Wake up and stop arguing. Wake up and stop fighting. Wake up and stop worrying. Wake up and stop wondering. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. He's been there the whole time. Wake up, wake up, wake up. God, may we become fully awake and aware today of your promises, of your, of your provision. Here's what I've wondered. Have I ever been so caught up in my own present that I failed to detect? I failed to detect. He was always present. God didn't show up when Jacob woke up. Jacob woke up to the fact that God was there the whole time. And by the time you recognize what God is doing, it's already been happening. Hallelujah. Let me wrap this up. It is good for you to pray. God, be with me. Pray that, please. God, be with me. But I'm going to tell you how to pray a little bit better. God, open up my eyes to realize you've already been there. I don't, need, I don't, I don't mean to, to sound rhetorical here, but you know, I, I think what, what it ultimately is is, God, I, please just be with me while it's getting ready to happen next. No, no, honey. Pray this way. God opened my eyes to see you were there long before I showed up. In that hard place, you were already there. In that lonely place, you were already there. In that weak, weary, worried place. Wake up. You were already there. You were already presence i didn't even detect you but you were already there just for a moment just raise your hands with me to heaven father we need to recognize today you're already there you're already there already there your promises are there your provision is there your protection is there your presence is there father Somebody right now, just, just believe this. As God is, is establishing this in your heart. When Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, he, said, he made it clear to them that he would be with us. Always with us. Someone say always. 
This is a good time to use a generality. Don't use it on your spouse. You always do this. You never do that. But you can use it with God. Always. He is always with me, even to the end of the age. Always. Go ahead and throw those generalities out there with God. You are always with me. You will never leave me. I know it. You keep your word to me, Lord. Keep your word to me. Let me close this up. What would you begin to do? Every morning when you wake up, if you had that confidence that there's an open heaven over your life. Listen to me. If you are going home to a hard place, give that rock to God. Throw some oil on it. Get the Holy Ghost up in there and rename that hard place, somebody. Make that pillow a pillar of your faith moving forward and say, in this hard place, I can call it Bethel. I know that the term luz or what it was called before. I like to call it lose because it looks, I, I like the way it looks. Because I know what Jacob felt like when he got there. I've lost. I'm losing, if you will. One of the definitions of the name of, of the town luz is an almond. And yes, we could talk about how Aaron's bud, his, 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 his staff budded and, and almonds came out on when he was placed in the Ark of the Covenant. But there's another definition for this place. It's called separation. Jacob shows up to a place of separation and despair. And in that place, God lets him know, you were never separated from me. Even though you didn't recognize it, I was there because of the covenant. I've remained because of my covenant. And now I'm going to keep my word to your grandfather and your father to you, through you, for generations to come. And in this, in this moment, Jacob begins to see this is no longer a place of separation. This is the house of God. I don't know how hard it's been for some of you, but I know you've been in a hard place. I know you've been in a weary place. I know it's been a dark, lonely place, but I dare you to get enough faith right now to recognize that that's where God likes to dwell. He likes to Bethel, if you will, in the hard places. The moment Jacob wakes up, he takes the very thing he was laying on and he turns it into a pillar of worship and praise. No more worry, I'm going to worship. No more weariness, I'm going to worship. No more wandering, I'm going to worship. No more waiting, I'm going to worship. He makes this very thing a place of praise unto God. Now is there anybody in this place today that wants to look at your hard place, look at your difficult place, look at your lonely place and give it a new name. It may have been hard. It may have felt like we've been separated but I recognize God lives in the hard places. God shows up in the difficult places. I'm going to rename this place. It is the house of God. That's what I will call it from now on. The house of God. The place where he dwells. And if I woke up every morning with that confidence, the heavens are open. The heavens are open over my life. Ladies and gentlemen, if you had Reverend Lewis Chavez's bank account, you would write some big checks too. Come on, somebody. If you recognize what was in your spiritual bank account, 
you would do everything you can to overdraft on that account, to overdraw on that account. Because my God shall supply according to his riches. He's not going to run out. His supply is going to wither and, 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 and fade away. If you recognize what was literally over your life, you would finally start taking some risks in your faith. I don't mean being stupid. I mean taking risks with your faith. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead. I'm going to try to start this business. I'm going to try to start this ministry. I'm, I'm going to try to put myself out there again because every other man I ever run into wasn't even good for me anyway. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep believing and make myself holy and righteous and put myself out there in a way that he knows I'm a daughter of the king. And you don't just get all of this. You, you got to get a hold of this first before you get there. But I'm I'm going to take a risk sometimes. Sometimes it's got to be a risk to recognize you don't even know what's in my bank account. But in my risk, I'm going to be responsible. People want me to tell them what to do with their faith. They do all sorts of crazy things, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with what's getting ready to come your way. Do you really want to be, do you really want what you've been praying for? You really want that man, baby? Because it comes with some responsibilities. Can I get a deep amen from the brothers? Come on. Do you really want that? Do you really want that house? Because it comes with some responsibilities. You don't have a landlord anymore to show up and take care of everything for you when it breaks down. Do you really want that? You really want that car? Because I, I know you look flashy in it, but can you make the $600 a month payment plus insurance? Because it comes with responsibilities. Do you really want that ministry? Because it means you got to lay your life down. Take the risk. Because you got a big bank account you're dipping into. But understanding takes responsibility. Someone say responsibility. Uh, no, no, see, I figured this generation don't want to hear that word at all. Let's say it again. Responsibility. Come on, especially for those of you who got children that are sitting next to you right now. Let's hoop and howl this word really loud. Responsibility. Because you know they're always taking risks to get on your nerves and taking risks with your money and taking risks with your time. Now you need a little responsibility. When you begin to live in such a way like Jacob... Let's get out of the old covenant for just a moment. When you live just like Jesus and you recognize there are heavens open my life. From the moment Jesus was baptized and the heavens opened up, they never closed. And everywhere he went, he walked and talked and preached and healed and delivered and set free and rebuked and built up and blessed the children under an open heaven. Just a moment, we're getting ready to baptize men and women in this place who are choosing not to follow after Jacob, but after Jesus. And when you become a child of the covenant and you recognize I don't have to plead with God anymore. Listen to me. Listen to me. My children don't plead with me. I will give them a yes or a heck no. You ain't going to change my mind otherwise. Sorry. That's how it goes. 
when you recognize you are a child of the king of the universe and his yes is always yes it might not be a right now yes but it is a yes and his no is most definitely emphatically no when I begin to understand who I am I pray differently I write bigger checks because I know whose bank account I'm tapping into the reason I don't give justice a debit card just yet is because I know whose account it's attached to when you know whose account your faith is attached You will begin trusting God for the impossible. You will lay hands on the sick and tell them, recover in the name of Jesus. You will walk into situations where you know the power of the enemy has been so strong and at work and say, not here anymore. It it stops now because I know whose account I'm, I'm tapping into. No more of this demonic nonsense in my home, in my family, in my community, in my neighborhood, down the block, in the city of Aurora, for the United States of America. No more of this nonsense. What would happen if we found a church that would actually take God at his word and believe every one of his promises to be yes and amen through Jesus Christ our Lord? What will we begin to do? Because the more that my responsibility increases, the more the representation of heaven is going to show up over my life. Who's ready to take a couple risks in their faith? Who's really ready for that? don't question yourself you ready well yep we'll take a couple risks couple risks keep your hands up for just a moment this is not us just being foolish this is us understanding this is faith and many times faith feels nothing more than than like a risk but I'm going to trust you Lord because you revealed this to me you showed this to me you spoke this to me I'm going to trust you. But along with that risk of faith right now, I'm going to pray a new level of responsibility will start to stir up in your heart and your mind. That you will become a faithful steward over the faith God has given you to take this risk. But as you take these risks, and as you become more responsible, know that with the increase of your responsibility comes an increase of the representation of open heavens over your life. For you to do everything you're called to do, it's going to take some angelic power. For you to fulfill everything God has called you to do, it's going to be more than just you and your children and your grandchildren. For you to fulfill the destiny and purpose on your life, you've got to believe, I need the Holy Spirit of God. I need angelic power. I need heaven to represent me with all that it has so I can fulfill this thing. With your hands raised. Even if you don't want to take a risk for yourself, let me put this out there for Impact Church. We're getting to a point where this building's not going to be able to contain us anymore. I'm going to have to take a risk by faith and find us a bigger home, our, our own location, not just for the church, but so I can have a community center, so I can have a gymnasium, possibly a huge pool, bring kids in from all over Aurora, change their lives, change the way they think, give them a place they can go to to feel safe and loved and know somebody believes in me.
I've got to take a risk coming up here real soon. I need to know if you can't believe for yourself, can you help me out just a moment and believe with me? God's going to make us responsible for what he's placed upon us. All over this room, those men and women who know, even in a hard place, God shows up. And I've got to take a risk moving forward because the heavens are opened up over my life. If that's you and you agree with me, just stand your feet and keep those hands raised to heaven. We're taking the risk of faith. Yes, I get it, but we're becoming responsible in our faithfulness. And we're believing the God who knows no impossibility to be in a work, all things together for our good. Whew. Let's offer up right now just a sound of thanksgiving to God. Just offer up a sound of thanksgiving. That his promises will be fulfilled. Thank you, Lord. Offer up a sound of thanksgiving that he hasn't given up on me yet. I can't quit because things are about to open up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've been in a hard place, but you're, you're still showing up there. Thank you, Lord. I've been in a lonely place, but yet your presence still manifests. Thank you, Lord. I've been heavy, hurting, weary, exhausted, but there you are, God, with me long before I ever arrived. Thank you, Lord. See, we want all these blessings to come down, but remember, it's cyclical. You've got to throw a praise back up. You've got to throw a thanks back up. You've got to throw a hallelujah back up to God, because this is how it works. He'll keep being God no matter who you are, but you've got to recognize because he's God, he still deserves the highest praise. Throw it back up there and say hallelujah. Throw it back up there and say thank you, Jesus. Throw it back up there and say yes, Lord, your will be done. Yes, Lord. It's cyclical. It's cyclical. Even a deceiver known as Jacob can hear from the blesser known as Yahweh. I got you. I've got you. Here we are, Lord. Standing because many of us are believing for impossible things recognizing that there's something greater in front of us and we can't do this we can't do this without you we can't the verses aren't up there but Jacob literally makes an altar and he basically just begins to repeat what God just told him well Lord if you're really going to be with me then I'm going to keep giving back to you I'm gonna, uh, if you're really going to protect me, I'm going to keep giving back to you. If you're really going to bless me, I'm going to keep giving back to you. He identifies that as a tenth. But what he's doing is he's establishing a covenant with God. He says, if you'll keep keeping your word, i got to keep mine. You stood today because you're going to take a risk of faith. Are you going to keep your word? Because I promise you, God will keep his. Kareem, God is going to keep his word to us. He promised us a building. He's going to keep his word to us. My God. You know what I feel like doing? I remember hearing this story. I remember hearing this story. A guy who did something great for a, a king in his kingdom. So the king said, mark off any of the land that you want. It will be yours. So he took a staff and he created a circle around himself. A line all the way around him. And the king said, is that all you want? He said, no, I want everything outside this circle. 
I dare somebody in faith right now to draw a line in the sand around the city of Aurora, around the state of Illinois, around the country known as the United States of America, and say, God, I want everything outside of this circle for your praise, for your glory, for your kingdom, to do what you see fit here on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to get you to believe that nothing is impossible for your God. Always looking for some responsible people to be responsible with what he's given us. To be responsible with what he's... I will be faithful over little so I can be rule over much. I thank you today, Father. that my brothers and sisters in the faith today literally beginning to take steps of faith not by sight but by faith Hmm. wake up sleepers wake up sleepers my God hear me you prideful person in this room wake up it's time to wake up Your pride has actually repelled God. Wake up. You think you're close to him. You don't even recognize. You have resisted him with your pride. And therefore God has resisted the proud. Wake up. Wake up. Please wake up. Please wake up. The generations coming after you need you to wake up. Stop living for yourself. Stop acting like you know better than the word of God. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. In the name of Jesus, wake up. For those of you who've been vacillating and teeter-tottering, wake up. Wake up. This is not a game. Yes, I get it. You've been playing it for a while, but it's not a game. You will lose if you stay on the path you are. There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to death. Pastor Katrina told us there's only one way that's going to lead to life. That's Jesus. The way. The way. Only one way. The way. So stop vacillating. Stop wavering between two opinions. Either God is God or He's not. Serve Him or don't. My God. It's got to take a turn I didn't expect, but right now, all over this room, if you've literally been up and down in your walk with God, I'm getting ready to baptize people who are making a commitment to fall after Jesus. Maybe you didn't bring the clothes to do it today, but do you have the, at least the contrite heart, the brokenness of spirit today to say, yep, I'm done being back and forth in my walk with God. I'm done. Who am I talking to right now? I'm ready to follow him. I'm ready to serve him. I'm ready to be everything he's called me to be without turning back. Come on, who am I? The spirit of God has literally been heavy on your heart and your mind and your spirit this entire service. It's time to stop playing around. It's time to surrender all. Surrender all. Whoever this is for. Everything and nothing less. Tell the Lord. I give you everything. Throw it out there. How long? Hey. Everything. My heart is yours. My mind is yours. My life is yours. Completely yours. Come on, people who are firm in the faith, that they lift your hands and say, everything, Lord, 
everything. I give it all to you. Oh, come on, Christians. Forever, forever. Everything. My life is yours, Lord. Completely yours. Come on, one more time because he deserves everything. Say, I give you everything, everything. Declare today, Lord, I give you. Say loud, everything. It's yours forever, Lord. Everything about me, everything I desire, everything I'm hoping for, I give it to you, Father. My life is yours, completely yours, completely yours. One more time we say, I give you everything, everything. Come on, children of God. Say, I give you everything in love. Yours, Lord, forever. Oh, everything. My heart is yours. My life is yours. My mind is yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. Hey. And even in the hard places, I give it all to you. Even in the lonely places, I give it all to you. Everything. Everything. It's all yours. Forever. Everything. My life is yours, Lord. Completely yours. I sense the Spirit of God just here in a moment right now. I sense the Spirit of God really bringing clarity to where some of you are. Uh, bring that down just for a moment. It's using these moments where your humanity is going to resist God's divinity if you're not careful. Okay. Literally, the Spirit of God has been calling out pride. He's been calling out people who are wavering. And you're still resisting. Your humanity is at war with his divinity. And this is why his will can't be done because you still believe your will is greater. This is what I'm just trying to get you to see. You have to stop fighting God. You have to stop fighting. Because he's already there at work for your benefit. Look at me. Look at me. He's working for your good. You think you're resisting me. You think. I don't want to hear the pastor right now. I'm literally just standing here as a mouthpiece for the Almighty. If your issue is with me, and you're, you're literally shutting God out because of me, you are missing out. And I came to declare by the Spirit of God today, it is time for you to surrender once and for all and stop making man greater than the will of God in your life. Elder, I recognize I offend people along the way. I don't mean to sometimes. But I offend people. I get it. The problem comes when your offense with me is greater than the will of God for your life. And this is why you keep trying to bring your sacrifice and God can't receive it. Because there's something still in your heart. And this is why certain people walk out of the room at certain times. I don't just mean physically, I mean mentally, spiritually, you're gone, you're gone, because you think your issue with me can supersede the will of God, and God is just saying here today, call it a hard place, 
Go ahead. You've got an issue with somebody, your pastor, a leader, someone in church. Go ahead and call it what it is, a hard place. They hurt you. They wounded you. They neglected you. They didn't believe in you. Fine. Call it what it is. Call it a hard place. But in that hard place, recognize it can also become a Bethel. It can also be a house of God. Thank you, Lord. You're revealing some truth to people right now. This hard place can also be a place of revelation. A place where divinity meets my humanity. Thank you, Lord, right now. If there are any, just any godly people in the room, just agree with me in the spirit right now. That God is breaking through the division and the divisiveness and the pride and the wavering and the unforgiveness. Thank you, Lord. You're at work right now. I sense you in this room. I sense you doing your work. Now we're going to transition here in just a moment. To everyone else in this room who's just ready to, to do more than just sing these words on a screen, but to live them. Part of your life. In your own words right now, just talk to the Father. Reestablish your covenant. Reestablish your commitment. Reestablish what you have in your walk with Him. I'm yours, Lord. Completely yours. Now and forever. And if you will be with me, if you will bless me, if you will protect me, in spite of me, I will remain yours. Everywhere you lead, that's where I will be. Everything you speak, that's what I will repeat. Everything you desire for my life, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurcharora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.